from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bad. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Rick. And this is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Especially in 2018, 19, when yeah. you were on the show. I think it was 2018. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of a throwback show uh, this evening. Throw it. Uh, Brian, unfortunately, uh, had a previous engagement and was not able <clears throat> to make this recording. But I uh, was able to pull in Rick. Uh, basically, I opened up a little time portal and pulled him right on through. It was finagled. It was finagled. All right. Before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the Homebrewers Association, the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the fur link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons: Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hoppin Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, or you can head to blindedstudios.com, click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage and get there as well. And while you're there, go ahead and check out our store at blindedstudios.com, click on the store link, or head to teespring.com slash store slash studios and check that out. Check it out. All right, man. What have you been up to <clears throat> beer-related lately? Uh, I've been mostly research, man, because... Oh, yeah? What have you been uh, researching? Well, it's uh, it's springtime, so there's spruce tip season coming up, and then there's dandelions that are about to happen. Well, those sound dandy. Yeah, so making some dandelion wine and probably a spruce tip beer is on my list. Oh, very cool. Of things that I'm going to do, and those, so I've been researching because you have to hit the window, like you can't just be like in July, like time for a spruce tip beer. Why not? Because there ain't no spruce tips. Well, that would uh, that would that would cause the problem. Yep. <clears throat> so you can make a spruce tip beer without spruce tips, but then it's just a regular beer. Hell yeah! So that's really all I've been doing is looking at that kind of stuff. It's getting uh, it's getting springy. It's about time to uh, oh, I ordered hops, so those will be oh here nice at some point. Uh, rhizomes. Well, yeah, I ordered rhizomes. That uh, that you just said you were like I'm yeah, clarifying yeah, yeah. for the for the <laughs> yeah. listeners. Yeah, I I didn't clarify. No, I, so I'm going to plant those bad boys once they get here. Bad boys. And, uh, yeah, then in a couple of years, I'll have some nice hoppy harvesties. Very nice. To, Very exciting. To make some beer. And then once I have hops growing and ready to harvest, then I'm going to try to like maybe grow some grains to malt. I do this whole, like, grain to glass just from like your one, farm. Just enough for, like, one five-gallon batch just yeah. to, like, do that. But not, I'm not about to start like a malting, like a full blown malting, malting company. Thing. Well, not even a company. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna have a building for You're it. You're like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that ambitious. No, I just want to do enough to like that I can do in my oven and make one batch. There you go. Just to yeah to do that. Just do like ten pounds of grain, and like, that's all I want to do. Exactly, and make like you, a nice. You missed uh, the beer. the coaster. Oh, shit, I did. <laughs> It's not that hard. It's a giant target. <coughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I am in the middle of a batch of beer right now. Uh, it's definitely like old times uh, because we are uh, recording while brewing, which we haven't done since the Every Style Challenge. 
Yeah. So we're doing a lot of throwbacks today. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of fun. At least we're not doing like three episodes while we're brewing three mm, beers. Right, yeah. I'm sure our quality didn't suffer at all. <laughs> um, let me go ahead and pull up this recipe for you. Uh, so I am brewing the lavender cream ale uh, with, that we talked yeah. about last week uh, during the episode um, where, yeah, we wanted to use the lavender malt and the corn to make a cream ale. Uh, so I am brewing that right now with the malts from Sugar Creek Malt Company uh, in Indiana there. Um, so this is the, I am using, uh, why does it not have, hang on, I got to pull it up on the internet, I guess. What are you, what are you looking for? Well, so I'm trying to uh, get my percentages. Oh, your percentages aren't on the, the little oh, wait, phone on, boy. Uh, I, there we go. I think I can get them. Uh-huh. 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 There we go. Perfect. I got them. Oh, yeah. All right. It is 40% uh, lavender smoked malt from Sugar Creek Malting. Uh, 30% uh, blood, bloody butcher corn from Sugar Creek. Uh, and then I rounded it out with uh, some two-row from Rar. <laughs> uh, Such a wild 30%. recipe. It's, it, I mean, it's a cream ale. You don't want to do it. I know. I, I'm not, but also like, like we got we got the smoke in there like that's insane. It's just crazy to hear forty percent smoked malt yeah. on anything on anything unless you're making what a piwo is that one the one that's like uh, yeah that, I think that was I would think that was a hundred percent smoked yeah. wheat or no was it six fifty percent smoked wheat I think something like that it, yeah. it, one of them was like fifty percent smoked something and so that just sounds aggressive especially because that one was. Yeah, but this doesn't taste nearly as aggressive or accurate. No, like no, that that, so, that, uh, that malt tasted pretty mild. Yeah, and then like I had I doubled like I tasted it again today because I was like, eh, right? Looking at forty percent, I was like, eh, <laughs> and I was like, okay. So um, it's more it it tastes more like a lightly smoked base grain. Yeah, is why it ended up that way. Yep. Yeah, and it uh, uses pilsner um, as the as and it really tastes more like lavender than smoke anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see how this turns out. I'm, I'm honestly interesting. Yeah, yeah. Excited to taste the wort too. Um, and so then I'm just use. I looked in the hop fridge, uh, or hop freezer, and I had some Willamette. So I'm just going to use an ounce of Willamette at 60 minutes um, to give myself 17 IBUs. That's cool. Which is like right, right in the middle of that eight to 20 range where we want to be. Um, and then uh, did some water. Additions, but nobody really cares about that. And then I'm gonna ferment with uh, 1056. Yeah, uh, water, water additions are so, great. That's what you did for your water, right? Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> like yeah, it's. Um, and then um, I am mashing at 149 currently to get that high. Yep, uh, we want high fermentability with a very light body. Right, right, right. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, so this should be a nice summer <clears throat> crusher. Are we in the are we in the the mash right now or? Yep. Yeah, nice. and I'm I'm uh, brewing on the Brusilla, which makes everything just a little easier, a little like convenient, uh, little all in one. Well, and it holds it right at that temp, so yeah. I won't have that issue like I had last week where I missed. I'm also doing a full volume mash again. Ooh. Well, it worked out last time. The and, game. Well, it didn't make everything a little bit faster. Yeah. And it's nighttime. I like it. And Casey gets tired by about ten, and that's about CBD. like that's about an hour before I need to be tired tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at uh, brew wise. Uh, got the we just kicked the uh, bitter, um, 
which was kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to a pint of it. Yeah, it's a good beer. Yeah. Um, but that means we get to put the tropical stout on, uh, which will be beer. ready for when we get back from the tropics. Yes. Though I wish it was ready right now. I'm sorry. Patience. Virtue. That. Yeah, but it's tropical stout. I don't have patience for that. I know. I mean, I know. No. It's, it's in the keg right now. I know. It's been how many years <laughs> since you've had a tropical stout? A couple. Yeah. A couple of years. A couple of two or three, you know. A couple two or three. So you you can wait. You can wait Remember another when week. we found that six pack that had some tropical stout? Yeah, in it was a magical time. Like a year after the tropical stout was gone. That was a magical time. That was a really good day. All right. Well, that kind of brings us to our discussion topic for today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about summer brewing. Those hot uh, summer months are kind of upon us, and it start to it's it's time to start kind of looking towards what styles we want to brew this summer. But specifically, I want to like look at um, kind of kind of like talk talk to the people who don't necessarily have the fermentation control. Because those oh, of us yeah, with yeah. fermentation control, like it doesn't really change what we're brewing besides like what we want to taste during the summer yeah but um once you're like your your garages and your homes start to get harder to maintain those cooler fermentation temps like what what are we looking at so first uh we talked about controlling fermentation a bunch uh just going to do a quick run over of the ways that you can uh you can go super high tech with glycol chillers and jacketed fermenters or coiled fermenters yeah, yeah. Um, you can go uh, like lower tech with, uh, or I guess, uh, I guess the step, the step below that, I would say, would be fermentation chambers. Um, Cha- like, yeah, like a freezer that you can yeah. convert into a chamber. Yeah, um, and then a step below that would be swamp coolers, yeah. where you uh, basically uh, put it in uh, like a little kiddie pool. With like a wet T-shirt or hoodie on it, and then put a fan on it. Yeah. If you're really lucky, you might have access to a deep cave, where you can just like have the same temperature all year. I mean, if any of our listeners do have do ferment in a cave, I I want I want to hear more I mean, about that's, it. Uh, that's that's uh, that's wasn't that the German loggers? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah like put when them we, in the cave because it stayed cool. Yeah, there's an ex, uh, there's an excellent uh, example exactly. of that uh, down in downtown Hudson. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yep. But then also, like, um, if you don't have like any sort of controlled <laughs> fermentation, but you have kind of an old basement, just go down there, and suddenly, like, that's usually more consistent than anywhere else in your house. Yeah, um, um, the more the more internal and low you can go. Yeah. So if you... if you, closet that's yeah, if, not, has an ex, doesn't have an exterior yep. wall. Yeah, if you have a closet that has four yeah. interior walls, I, I guess, I guess three interior walls and a door. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically nothing that's touching an exterior wall, because that's going to be a big, like... Your temperature swings. Like, if you can keep the temperature, maybe it's not the ideal temperature, but it stays the same. It's going to be better than, than like a swinging wildly swinging into the right range and then out over and over. Yeah, like your garage can be like thirty degrees different throughout the day. Yeah, you don't want that for your fermentation. <laughs> right. So if you like measure and it's like great, it's sixty four degrees in the garage, and now that it's nighttime and I'm done brewing, that's where you want to put it, and then it's ninety in the day because. It's got the asphalt shingles and no insulation. That's not what you want. 
No. Better put good. it better to put it inside where it's like 74 and you're like this is a little outside of the range that I want, but you're you're not like hitting some crazy numbers. Unless you want to make a beer where you should do that on purpose. Which I mean, you don't really need to do it that right. extreme <laughs> to get that result, but all right, so I guess the question is then, all right, so we don't have, if, if you are brewing in a place where you don't really have control of the temperature, but you found a place where it can be stable, what are your options? Um, I think the biggest one that we that's really hot right now, uh, pun totally intended, is uh, Kavikis. Kavike, yeah. Um, it has operating temps up into the upper 90s, low 100s. Um, so, yeah. like, that's an... That's an excellent uh, option for uh, producing relatively clean beer at higher temperatures. Relatively. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's you're not gonna get like, uh, well, and I, I don't want to say this because I don't know for sure. Like I've I've I haven't fermented a beer that high with Kvike. Oh, I've had one fermented at ninety two, and that's pretty pretty high. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty. That's, high. that's very high. And it was not. Bad, but there was some stress, like you could tell. That, okay. but that's also kind of like that in that upper range of what it claims. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was, it was, it was one that a guy f- did at the homebrew club when I was in Green Bay. Um, it was like a cream ale or something really canary like. So maybe if you put that into a beer with a little like more adjuncts or something, yeah. you wouldn't notice. Very light, but you could definitely tell at like a real high temperature. Um, but but there, if you there's... have if you have like that internal closet that's sitting at like seventy three, seventy five, even like, even maybe eighty, even maybe eighty. Like, like I think I, I co- ideally I co- you don't want to be up there, but well, just I'm thinking like internal in in the house, like right. it, you don't really end up. In the 80s, if you have any kind of air, air conditioning. No, probably not. But, yeah, if you have temperatures at the higher end of what you'd want and you're going for a clean profile, uh, the, the Kvike yeast is pretty well-reviewed. I've had a couple beers made with it. That one was made at, like, pretty extreme temperatures, and he had, like, the, the yeah. jacketed fermenters and stuff and did, like, a thing. That's just one one test, though. That could have been a bunch of different things. Who right. knows exactly what that was? But uh, anything that I've had fermented at what would be like regular temperatures or like closet temperature mm-hmm. has always been clean from that yeast. And I've had a couple of them. Not not to say that I have a lot of experience with it, but I've had a couple. Yeah, mostly from the homebrew club. Yeah, no, we I most of most of the beers that I've done with the, the Kvike, I've been in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, like 75, 78, somewhere in there. Um, I yeah. think, I think Steve and I did one at 90 just to see, and it was fine. Like I, we did a, yeah. we did a, what was it? Uh, it was a hazy IPA with it. Sure. And it turned out really well. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely one option that it's going to give you a lot more style, uh, styles to play with. But, uh, there are some, like classic styles that play well with heat. Yeah, if you've got a closet that is like 78 degrees and you're like, man, one of my favorite beers is... Super Banana. Blue Moon. 
then boy, have we got the product <laughs> for you. Because you start hitting you those wit beers and half of Isens. A wit or a half and just let that yeast chill in that 80 degree temp. So if you, you if man. you go back uh, and you listen to any of the episodes where we said no banana, no banana, yeah, uh, well, like don't don't do those. But when we're like banana, go for it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and you know if you're putting stuff like there's a reason like a wit beer is like go wild with the with the yeast because you're putting stuff like coriander in there. That's some powerful flavor. Yeah. And so you, you want some wacky flavors going on, like balancing some of that spice uh, out. Yeah, another one would be uh, Saison. Saison's a good one, yeah. Like very, uh, very like traditional. Like if you kind of, if you look at some of these like farmhouse ales. The farmhouse, like specifically interesting because they typically did ferment hot. Mm-hmm. Like you'd ferment it when you had the harvest and it was warm. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, all of that stuff plays well. All the farmhouse, the saison, the, um, like all, all the the wits and the hefeweizens, that stuff is great. But also, <clears throat> some of your uh, some of your English beers can play with some of those warmer temperatures. You don't want to go too wild. No, don't don't, don't give me that. Uh, I don't know. You don't want to go too. You don't want to go too crazy on like throwing it in eighty degree temperatures. But if you're in like the seventies, you're totally game to to play I, with. I like think a mild. I think that's that's too hot for English. I don't think so. I I think so. I don't think so. Well, now we have we have a good old throwdown. <laughs> good. I mean, I'm not saying run it run it at eighty, but you know, if you've got a closet that's sitting at seventy three, I I think it'll work just fine because that's a that's a yeast that some esters are fine. Yeah, I don't think that's are, something I, where you're going to stress yeah, it too much. I, probably, I mean, I don't know. You're going to. I think it, you'd have to be warmer than that to stress it. You're, that much. But you're going to get a, you're going to get a lot of fruit, and I don't know. It's not so going to be delicious. a super clear, clear beer though. Clean beer, like it's not. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be all muddly. I, I like the fruit. I like I like I like a subtle. I like a subtle fruit. I like a subtle fruit with more of a toffee note. And yeah, well, if you're looking for that. I don't know. I think if I make like a, a a mild, sometimes I want it to be like almost like a little little dried plum or something. But you know, I, I feel I feel like we're uh, well, not not in a mild, like maybe in like maybe like an amber or something like that. I don't know. You can make some pretty pretty good like bodied milds that are light or low I know alcohol. you can. Those are just not the ones that I and want. Then just one with like a nice plum flavor. I did that. You're one a nice time plum flavor. I, I accidentally did that once, and it turned out tasty. I think we're just uh, we're 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 into personal taste now. <laughs> this is not real information. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, so you can, but yeah. Well, all right. We got we got ten minutes here, so I think what would be fun is why don't we build a recipe for a hot beer? Hot. A hot yeah. beer. Let's uh, well first. Uh, let's come up with a fun name, and then we'll choose a style. Or should we choose a style and then a fun name? I want to do a saison. We'll do a saison. I kind of like the saison too. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a lower gravity saison. The searing saison. Searing. Uh, sizzling saison. The sizzling like saison. All right, sizzling saison. <laughs> it's How hot sizzling. How are we gonna ferment this damn thing? 
Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's s i z z l i n apostrophe. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was. I didn't picture it any other way. And I'm putting a z in saison. Ooh, yeah, saison. Because now it's rad. That is extreme. All right, let me uh, let me get my. Uh, I'm using Beersmith because I'm not logged into my brew father right now. Um And let me grab that. So uh, let's do green. that. What what's what sort of fermentation? Fermentation temps. Are we gonna brandish well, toward this thing unsuspectedly? Well, so what kind of yeast do we want to use? Saison <clears throat> yeast. Do we want to use a saison yeast or well here? Let Isn't me. Isn't there a farmhouse saison yeast from White Labs? I think so. And I White Labs or Y yeast? Actually, let's look at Omega. I like. I've been liking their yeast I think a lot it was lately. White Labs. Omega's good. Good choice. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what they I'm got. Not, I'm let's not particularly partial to anything. You don't. You don't have like strain loyalty. No. <laughs> no. I, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on out there. Oh, it's a. They got a hothead kavite. But anything that allows me to do smack package is already more my favorite. So. I mean, well, why yeast does so that they have right. they have they have a uh, they have a yeast OYL five hundred called Saisonstein. What? Their beer the their yeast is called Saisonstein. Well, let's get that. Let's see. Saisonstein uh, is an Omega original genetic hybrid of two Saison strains, uh, French and Belgian. Oh yeah. Uh, versatile, aromatic, attenuative with a silky mouthfeel. Excels in high gravity and ferments more reliably and thoroughly than its parents. It is spicy, complex, tart, dry, and crisp with some bubblegum character present from its Belgian parent and more fruit and fewer phenolics than its French parent. Dry is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, so that is Saisonstein. Saisonstein for the sizzling Saison. I like it. O-Y-L. Oh, do I? Oh, I don't have that on this machine yet. Hang on. Dead gummit. I, you know, start talking about grains while I uh, add in this yeast quick. Grains, Saison. We're going to be mostly just a, a base grain. Mostly a two row, basically. We're not doing a ton with the grain, right? Um, um, there's going to be. What else you know what you should do is there? you should pull up uh, the style guideline. Oh, I got a computer right in front of me. I you should sure be do. At this. <laughs> Uh, dang. I'm, I know how the... Oh, there it is. Omega mostly yeast. base grain. All right. What do we got? Yeah. Dude. Add yeast. O-Y-L. 500. Cezanstein's monster. Cezanstein. That's, All right, let's do this. That's a great name for yeast. It's it's pretty good. I like it. It is excellent. All right, grain style. Season. Um, uh, let's see. Sixteen <clears throat> uh, C. Is it? Okay. Sixteen C. At least it wasn't one of them. One of the style guidelines. Well, this is the twenty fifteen still that they have on here. So. Okay. We should be good. The, the I don't like the new website. Um, it, I didn't really look at it. I just kind of Googled it, and it took me directly to this. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I wasn't really looking at that. All right, Six, so we're looking for an OG between 1048 and 1065, uh, 20 to 35 IBUs, oh, wait, uh, 5 to 14 not. SRM, uh, and 5 to 7% ABV. 
man, it's not 16 CMS. Yeah, I think it changed. Damn. Saison. 2015. Oh, Lichtenheiner's one that I made. In the history. French and German? Or French and Belgian, sorry. Um. Yeah, French and Belgian is the... <coughs> uh, yeast. The wit beer, Belgian pale, beer to guard. You know, if only there was this really cool website where there was all these recipes for... Um, <laughs> for homebrew, <clears throat> twenty five B is saison in the BJCP. It is yeah, twenty five B, strong Belgian ale. Wow, interesting. Okay, that was a lot of like, just time chatting and searching. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. That was boring. <laughs> All right, well, we got it. All right, uh, overall impression, uh, most commonly a pale, refreshing, highly attenuated, moderately bitter, moderate strength Belgian ale with a very dry finish, typically highly carbonated and using non-barley cereal grains and optional spices for complexity. As complements, the expressive yeast character that is fruity, spicy, and not overly phenolic. Less common variations include both lower alcohol and higher alcohol products, uh, as well as darker versions with additional malt character. All right, let's look at characteristic ingredients. I'm already looking that over, so let me take that away from you. Yep. Continental base malts are typical, but the grist frequently contains other grains such as wheat, oats, rye, or spelt. Adjuncts such as sugar and honey can also serve to add complexity and dry out the beer. Darker versions will typically use richer, darker malts, but not typically roasted types. So then you're looking at Sazer type, Styrian or EKG hops are commonly used. Wide range of herbs or spices can add complexity and uniqueness, but should always meld well with the yeast and hop character. Brettomyces is not typical for the style. Saisons with Brett should be entered in the American Wild Ale category. So it is not bratty. <clears throat> All right. No Brett. No Brett. No Brett. All right. So immediately, um, I am thinking uh, Belgian Pilsner. Belgian Pilsner. That's what I'm um, With Belgian like wheat that. malt. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of Belgian um, wheat. And. Do we want to go full Belgian and put in uh, uh, aromatic? rye. Yeah. Some Belgian aromatic and then rye, you said? I like rye. I like to put rye in things just a little bit. What about crystal rye? What about from the sweet water rye? Crystal rye. From Sugar Creek. Is that what it is? Sugar yeah. Creek. I knew it was something with water and sweetness. Yeah, yeah. So what about crystal rye? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what I, that, that would be great. Okay, so we'll put that in there. Um, I, I don't have that as an actual malt in my thing yet, but that's okay. I'll just put that's rye fine. malt in there, but we'll know what we're talking about. All right, so let's see. Probably, what kind of ABV are we shooting for here? An ABV, three to five for a table, five to seven for a standard, seven to nine and a half for a super. I say we go like between table standard, like four to five percent. I'd love that. What about six? Why do I want to go six? It's so high. Well, because I have, like, I because if I do eight pounds of Pilsner, one pound of aromatic, one pound of rye, and one pound of wheat, that gives me six and a half percent. So, so much. Oh. 
It's summertime. We're going to be sitting by the pool anyway. I know. That's the issue. We're going to be pounding this thing. All right. All right. Hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll back off here. Let's do this. Let's do, um, let's back the specialties off to half it. Uh, let's do a quarter like of the that. aromatic. Yeah. Because that's going to be yeah. overwhelming. Um, and that's going to really bump our SRA. Well, actually, we want a little bit more. Let's do half of the aromatic. Otherwise, I think we're going to be too light on the SRM. We can always bump the rye. Um, but yeah, because oh. crystal rye is going to be a little darker. <clears throat> that's right. I think we leave the rye at a pound. I like which that. Which is 10%. Pound, yeah. um, and then 10% wheat, too. Yeah. All right. So that gives us uh, 75% uh, or base malt, Pilsner. Yep, yep, yep. Pilsner, uh, Belgian, uh, Belgian Pilsner 2 row. Um, and then, or I guess Belgian Pilsner malt, sorry. Uh, and then we do 5% of the aromatic, yeah, uh, 10% wheat, and 10% rye. Yeah. Of the crystal rye. Um, then we ferment with Omega OYL 500, that Saisonstein's monster. Um, and then hops. I'm thinking just some saws. Yeah, I was thinking saws too. Um, just at 60 minutes to get just, our IBUs, yeah, right? Just bang some saws into it, man. Yeah. So let's say um, 27 IBUs of saws because that's what two ounces gives us. Perfect. That sounds good. All right. Uh, and that will give us SRM of 5.2. So, well. But we don't have the actual rye, so it'll probably be a little darker than that. I'm guessing we're going to be around the 8, 8 SRM, so a little on eight, the darker yeah. side. Um, and coming in at 6.1%. All right. Depending on where this finishes out. It's estimated to finish out at uh, 10.06. It's going to be nice and dry. Very dry. Yeah. And it'll be sizzling. Yeah. Sizzling. Sizzling Saison. <laughs> well, and we, we used a yeast that said it finishes out like it dries up better than like other strains mm -hmm. of saison but i love i love a good dry summer drinker like just yeah. keep going back to it oh man this, this felt uh six percent this is gonna be a little tough but yeah. well you know this felt a little uh this felt very uh every style challenging this episode i hope you guys enjoyed the throwback a little bit yeah But if I think we got to get out of back. here. Like, you know, what? Brian will come back if right. he didn't like it. He'll be like... <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at uh, feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blindnessstudios.ninja or follow us on Instagram at blindnessstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.